Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Trust Your Gut podcast. I am your host, Demi Fair, and this is a really exciting moment for me to be recording my first podcast episode ever. I have wanted a podcast for a very long time, so it is surreal to be at this moment now. And whoever you are, wherever you may be in the world, and whenever you may be tuning into this, thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. I wanted to start off this podcast with the first episode being a bit of a deep dive into my story. My story is really foundational to the work that I do, the business I have created, which is also called Trust Your Gut, and a lot of the information that is on this podcast. It's really the foundation and the blueprint and the philosophy behind all of these things. So I want to share that with you all first, and I hope you can find some points of resonance and takeaways from hearing my story. So... Let's begin. I have struggled with digestive issues all my life. And when I say all my life, I really mean all my life. Um, Since I was an infant, my mom said I had issues. I remember this being problems with chronic constipation when I was young. Um, I could remember having bathroom anxiety, uh, going to summer camp and not being able to go to the bathroom and feeling miserable, or going to friends' houses and not being able to go to the bathroom there either, unless I was at home in the comfort of my own space. There was also a period of time I remember both my mother and grandmother having to give me suppository laxative for weeks at a time because it was the only way I could go to the bathroom. So things were pretty bad. I also remember just kind of getting sick a lot, um, especially around fourth grade, which little side note is the time my parents got divorced. So it's not too much of a surprise then, but I can see where the issues in my gut started to just affect my overall immune system. The other thing about being a kid I remember was just always having such high imagination and creativity and with that a really high level of sensitivity. And this is something I'm starting to understand more and more 
as a highly sensitive individual. But my mom has told me about ways I would act when I was young where I would just get so intense and she actually got concerned about me and took me to see a child psychologist. So I understand this as just a high level of sensitivity really in my whole being all my life. So in high school is really when I became aware of how bad my gut issues were. So again, I was dealing with being extremely constipated and this caused me to have really major bloating. And this bloating would make me look pregnant and it was extremely uncomfortable and I'd often have a lot of stomach pain because I just wasn't able to go to the bathroom and have a bowel movement. So things were just not really moving through. And this triggered my body image issues and disordered eating habits. So I did start to develop those things in my teenage years and would just remember standing in front of the mirror, just looking at myself feeling, I mean, really horrible in my body, really bloated and feeling really fat and crying and just having a pretty bad image of my body. And so to deal with that and all the constipation, I would just eat very little and sometimes try to eat as little as possible during the day. Or sometimes if I felt I ate too much, I would purge. And I know these are traits of anorexia and bulimia, which I didn't develop fully either of those. I just would take on some of those traits. During this time, I started to just become really busy and just be go, go, go. And I had a really hard time slowing down. I would be obsessed with my to-do list, trying to be productive, checking things off. I'd be highly social. I didn't really want to spend any time at home. And this led to a lot of anxiety and overthinking and indecision. And in my teenage years, it was actually quite a running joke with my friends and family that Demi couldn't make a decision. And sometimes it was really bad that I'd be in a restaurant, I couldn't decide on the food to eat, and I would start crying. And I see this now as being in a bit of sympathetic overdrive. That is our fight or flight response in our autonomic nervous system. So during the high school years, I was very involved with theater and musicals, which I'm so grateful for having that creative outlet and expression and in a way that it helps you also explore different characters and your own being. But I would do like 16 productions over the four years that I was in high school uh, with acting classes and voice lessons and choir. And there was this one point I remember that I was taking classes at the community college. I might have been taking a couple at the high school. I was working a part-time job and I was in two different productions at once. And I ended up developing shingles uh, that were just this painful skin rash. I remember it hurt so bad I had to like keel over. And I learned that it was due to stress. So this was kind of my first introduction to 
stress and understanding that I was someone who was easily stressed and often chronically stressed. And as I mentioned, I was quite social and I was definitely a very extroverted social butterfly. I really liked to spend time with friends and go out and do things and go to concerts. And I also began to party quite a bit um, and drink and smoke weed and experiment with drugs. And it can be a normal thing for a teenager, but I understand that now as they're being something deeper going on and me reaching for those things to help soothe something that I wasn't looking at. A little bit later in my teenage years, I did end up going on antidepressants and, you know, perhaps I was a hormonal teenager, not getting enough sleep in sympathetic overdrive. Perhaps there were unprocessed emotions shoved down inside of me, which I know there were. And also being constipated was directly linked to depression. When our intestines aren't moving, we will end up feeling depressed, or when we are depressed, it will affect our intestines to hardly move at all. So it was this vicious cycle. So the changing point really came for me a bit later in my teenage years. Uh, My first job luckily was at the local food co-op this is a place that is all about supporting local farms and more whole organic natural foods so this was my introduction to that whole world and at the same time i met a woman who was a colon hydrotherapist now i had been trying to get some answers going to doctors and i was just told i had ibs to take psyllium husk and to use laxatives and It just really wasn't helping, and I think intuitively I knew there was a better way for me. So I met this woman, and she's the one who first suggested I do an elimination diet and cut out a couple foods, and also introduced me to a couple natural supplements. And wow, this really changed things for me. I found a lot of relief. My constipation went away. My depression lifted and I was able to go off antidepressants and I just had overall higher well-being. And that was my first step through the doorway of nutritional therapy. And that would be a road I would follow over the next 14 years that I would continue going deeper and deeper into. But it was definitely a roller coaster over that time. Um, In my younger 20s and when I was in college, you know, I would still drink a lot of alcohol and party and get very little sleep. And I was in that pattern of doing, 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 going, 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 check off the list, juggling all these different things. And I had a really hard time relaxing, um, especially without wine or weed. And I had a hard time not being productive and not being social. And around this time, I developed psoriasis. And I was still navigating bloating. And I remember a lot of like incomplete bowel movements at that time. Like I was regularly going. I was no longer constipated, but it didn't feel totally complete. It didn't feel totally healthy. The beautiful thing about this time is that I had been slowly developing a relationship with hiking. And that began to increase to 
longer backpacking trips in the mountains to mountaineering to rock climbing eventually on to skiing and mountain biking and kind of this long progression in outdoor activities but I really valued time in nature and developing this connection to nature changed a lot for me. I also started to just become a little more committed to my nutrition and health and by my senior year I was fed up with feeling still a little bit crummy and I decided to stop drinking for a bit and do a candida diet and just get a little bit more serious about keeping the things out of my diet I knew didn't serve me. For example, gluten didn't really serve me, but every once in a while I'd still drink beer and justify it. That wasn't really working. (laughs) This was also when I first started to learn more about and understand the mind-body connection, and I discovered the world of somatics. And it was also the time I was introduced to the somatic experiencing modality. Now, if you aren't familiar with somatics, it is the study of the self from the perspective of one's lived experience, encompassing the dimensions of body, psyche, and spirit. So it uses the mind-body connection to help you bring awareness to your internal self and listen to the signals of your body. And somatic experiencing is a body-oriented therapeutic model for healing trauma, other stress disorders, and helping regulate the nervous system. And that is the life work of Peter Levine, and it is a three-year professional training program I am currently in. So I discovered this because my little interdisciplinary arts college within the university I attended actually had two professors teaching these things, and it truly changed my life. So my intention when I entered college was to use arts as a way of teaching environmental education, you know, coming from my performance background. And this program I was in within the university, I was able to create my own major called the Concentration, and I titled it Body, Earth, and the Arts. And really what I was exploring was the human nature relationship And I did that through many different classes like applied human ecology, foraging, medicinal plants, ecological restoration, sustainable food systems, traditional ecological knowledge, and then environmental education, learning how to design curriculum and write lesson plans. At this time, I was also working in the outdoor center as a trip leader and then worked a job at at a preschool and then worked with a local nonprofit that mentors youth outside, and we would do a lot of backpacking trips during the summers, and then doing a little bit of environmental education with the local schools. So this was really the beginning of my experience being a mentor, an educator, and a leader, which I've done for the past 10 years. It's been most of my jobs. But learning about somatics in the last year of my studies really changed the course for me. I kind of moved a little bit out of the desire to do environmental education through art and I got a little more interested in that body piece and how the mind-body connection works and how our body is the way that we connect to the earth. And I knew it was going to be something that I did, but I didn't really understand how. But here we are today and it's re-entered my life. A big thing to note, was that the summer before my last quarter of university, 
my father passed away suddenly. He was 50 and I was 23. So at this point, I had been doing quite a lot of personal growth work and mindset work, and it certainly helped me navigate this loss and grief, although nothing can truly prepare you for such a loss. So a little bit more on this later. So after I graduated college, I did what I always wanted to do, and I booked a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia. Now, this turned into a year of traveling around Southeast Asia, Nepal, and India. I spent a month and a half trekking in the Nepalese Himalaya, uh, climbing peaks in India, rock climbing in Thailand, buying a motorbike and traveling through Vietnam. But I also went on a deeper exploration of the healing arts, uh, especially modalities that aren't so accessible in the Western world. So this looked like staying in ashrams in India, and diving deeper into my yoga practice, meeting with Ayurvedic doctors, attending my first ayahuasca ceremonies, shamanic song circles, art therapy classes, getting my Reiki level one certification, ecstatic dance, different types of meditation classes, craniosacral therapy, lots of massage, birth chart readings from random gurus I would come across, and then taking my first long break from alcohol. And it felt like a really important place to be, especially processing my father's death. Then after that, I ended up traveling for five years. (laughs) So I went and lived in Australia for a year, and there I worked as an environmental educator with youth in Melbourne, and also worked at a outdoor gear store and then went and was able to explore the country a bit via couch surfing and ride sharing. Then I went to New Zealand and lived there for a year. I bought a van and lived in that. I was a caregiver for a 25-year-old young man with a brain injury, which was a very powerful experience. And once that work ended, I was pretty much just a climbing bum, traveling around and climbing in the different mountain ranges on the South Island. I went back to Australia for a quick trip and then back to Thailand to get my advanced open water diving certification and really to get massaged every day because Thai massages are amazing. I went to Europe for some climbing trips and to meet friends I had met, uh, to nanny, to explore. And then I headed down to Costa Rica and I sat in ayahuasca ceremony there again and then traveled down to Argentina, into Patagonia, living in El Sheltan for three months um, and climbing in the mountains there. I spent some time in Chile and then I went up to Peru. I felt very called to Peru and ended up spending two months there just before my 29th birthday. And I ended up trekking solo in the Andes uh, for two weeks having some pretty spiritual experiences, encountering wild animals, including my spirit animal many times and speaking with the spirit of my father and finishing off my 29th birthday and trip with sitting in ayahuasca ceremony again. So it was six years of deep exploration of my inner world while also exploring the great variety of culture and landscape and mountain ranges around the world. And 
it's truly the best thing I've ever done and I'm so grateful I was able to just do it and and trust that I could make it happen. And it was a lot of go, 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 <laughs> my pattern. Um, I also contracted many stomach bugs, uh, especially in that first year of travel in Asia. So that combined with being bit by a street dog, I had to do a couple rounds of antibiotics and this set me back a little bit. On top of that, I was eating differently and you know drinking different water and moving around some so much that it led to some serious digestive distress and it kind of felt like it was starting over again. And it threw me back into that roller coaster. So once I got to Australia within my like second year of travel, I fell back into patterns of over-exercising and disordered eating. And I was just totally overdoing it. I was exercising a lot um, because I was lonely and I was feeling anxiety and it was something I could control. But I was also afraid of certain foods and I was afraid of carbs and I wasn't really eating carbs. And I developed orthorexia, which is an obsession with healthy eating. And I ended up losing my period for a while, my sex drive, my anxiety got worse, and overall just didn't feel like a very good human to be around. And kind of the bottom point of this is when I really started to understand, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, I've had anxiety all my life and really feel that and give it a label. And I also started to understand it wasn't just anxiety, but that I also struggled with obsessive compulsive tendencies, specifically obsessive thinking. Now, I knew I was indecisive. I knew I got stressed easily. I knew I could get anxious. I just didn't really understand that this was something I'd always had. And I was able to track it back all the way to being a little kid and how it just always popped up in different ways throughout my life. So there was a point as a child where I remember I had to make sure all the blinds were shut and doors were locked before I could go to bed. And I also had to pray about everything I didn't want to happen before I went to sleep or I thought it would come true. I also remember being in my room and I would think about thinking and how I couldn't stop thinking. Like I could feel my brain going in this spiral. As a teenager, the disordered eating, the inability to slow down and relax, the obsession with the to-do list and being productive. This is when I first understood that my digestive symptoms all my life and my mental symptoms all my life were connected. So this was my introduction to the gut-brain connection. And so naturally I thought, okay, well, I've been working on my gut health, I need to work on my mental health now. And meditation seemed like the answer. So when I was in New Zealand, I did a Vipassana course, cold turkey. If you're not familiar with Vipassana course, it's a 10-day silent meditation course. 
it scared me and that's why I felt like I needed to do it. Hardest thing I've ever done, mostly because my body was in intense pain um, and it was the longest days of my life. But I thought, well, this is probably what I need. Don't know I'd recommend that. Um, I didn't necessarily develop a meditation practice after because it was such an intense experience that ended up being beautiful. But I was like, whoa. Um, Now I have a meditation practice that feels a lot more nourishing for me. I also had a really strong journaling practice that I continued to do where I was able to process things in my mind and I had already been practicing yoga for about 15 years at this point. And as I mentioned, I had a really strong connection to nature and exploring the outside world. So I was kind of doing a lot of the things I was learning were good for my mental health. And all of this has been amazingly important for my healing and my personal growth. And I certainly found a lot more relief, intention, and presence in my being and a deeper connection to spirit, which is all very important for doing any kind of healing work. Also, during this time in my 20s, as I mentioned, I was diving into all I could about gut health, trying to solve my gut issues. So I did all the diets, like all the diets, low FODMAP, autoimmune paleo, specific carb diet, low carb, no carb, keto, gaps, candida, and many different cleanses. I was like soaking and dehydrating all my own nuts, seeds, nut butters, making my own milks, making my own yogurt, so everything was the cleanest ingredients possible. I was taking all the supplements. I don't even know how much money I've spent on supplements, hoping that that was the one little fix. I saw many different naturopaths wherever I was in the world and you know, ended up doing a number of stool tests and some breath tests to see what was going on and would continue to find candida or too little beneficial bacteria or sometimes overgrowth of the dysbiotic, quote unquote, bad bacteria. And really I was doing all that I knew to do. I mean, I spent hours of my free time researching everything about gut health. I was taking notes in notebooks dedicated to this information, listening to podcasts every moment I could, following practitioners and doctors I admire, reading books on this all the time. And I found a lot of relief and healing from holistic nutrition and supplementation. And it's what led me to becoming a nutritional therapist. Nutrition and lifestyle support is a foundational piece of what I do and it has been life-changing for me. Yet, up until a year ago, I was still struggling with bloating, occasional stomach pain, and excessive burping. So I you know, started to focus on slowing down at my meals and eating with mindfulness, chewing a lot, which honestly, all those things I have to constantly practice. And for years now, I've been supplementing with digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid at every meal, and then addressing my stress with all the techniques I knew, like meditation, nature time, exercise, yoga, journaling, breath work. But after running a GI map, I still had severe dysbiosis, candida overgrowth, and H. pylori overgrowth. Our diet is certainly a really important piece of overall health and well-being. And often, when we've had chronic symptoms for a while, there has been damage done to the physical body due to overgrowth, 
um, certain imbalances in the microbiome or nervous system dysregulation that will need to be addressed and supported in the healing process, but it has its downside. It can become so easy to hyper-focus on diet or, you know, a supplement. Like, I just need to take something out. There's something I'm still eating that is irritating me or I need to add something in, just find the right supplement. And I was certainly in that place. But all this focus on food and supplements and avoiding triggers and flare-ups just stressed me out further and aggravated my anxiety and obsessive thinking, keeping me in a vicious cycle. Now I'm happy to report that I'm in a nourishing, easeful, sustainable, intuitive relationship with food. And I have healed my body image issues and have formed a very loving relationship with my body, which I think to everything I've been doing between nutrition and lifestyle support and exploring more of my spiritual side, all of this has helped me heal those things. So many beautiful things have come out of this part of my journey so far. Yet, here I was. I had done everything I could find to address my symptoms and I was still struggling with them and I just got to this bottom point where I was like what do I need to do and this is where I found the missing piece I returned back to something that I had been introduced to in university that had always been there waiting for me to rediscover it when I was ready And it was all evident in my childhood and my younger years, something that was programmed into my body. It was my nervous system. My nervous system. And of course I had been working with my nervous system this entire time. There's amazing modalities like yoga, breathwork, nature time, dance, meditation that are all engaging the nervous system and are supportive for it. But I started to bring more awareness to my nervous system and actually uncover its patterns and how those were developed. I started to understand my nervous system and its patterns of overactivation, specifically of my sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight branch that caused me to experience more anxiety, obsessive thinking, being in that go, go, go state. I could also see times where I dipped into overactivation of the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest branch, where I would experience more fatigue, low energy, depression, disassociation. You see, I had spent a lot of my exploratory 20s not running from anything like my father's death or my childhood or wounds of my past lovers, I felt like I was exploring those things while I was out there in the world. But I was still distracting myself in a way. I was constantly being in new environments with new people and it was such this high level of external stimulation, adventure, and excitement. It was my go, 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 do, do, do pattern. I could talk all about my grief, or traumatic experiences I had, or my wounds from relationships and so on. But that was all I was doing, talking, keeping it in the mind. I didn't really go into the body with it. 
And the body is what remembers. The body keeps the score. It became clear to me that there was a deep-seated pattern programmed in my gut-brain axis and nervous system that was the root cause of all my gut-brain distress. And without addressing this, I could keep doing all the right things, which help in their own way, but I would continue to plateau and not truly solve the problem from the inside out. So here, my nervous system was still programmed by unprocessed trauma, emotions, and chronic stress patterns I've had since I was a kid, and my high sensitivity. I started to understand how I went into my mind to protect myself as a kid. It became a protective mechanism to think ahead to anything that may happen so I could avoid it and keep myself safe, to be in control. Stay busy. Get ahead of the disappointment. It was a trauma response. Why did I develop this protective mechanism? I have a few thoughts on it. Back to my father. I have a pretty deep father wound. You see, my father was an alcoholic, and he died of alcoholism at 50. Growing up with a parent with an addiction, they just can't fully be there. He couldn't regulate his emotions, He must have been in deep pain. I mean, my understanding of addiction, especially a severe addiction like that, is that the root is in unprocessed childhood trauma. And I don't know what it is. I don't really know what happened to him. I have maybe some inklings. But you know what? As a kid, you don't know all of this. As a kid, you're kind of egocentric. Like, all you know is the world through your view. And so anything someone's doing must be because of you. So I could sense, especially being a highly sensitive little kid, that something was wrong with my dad. Maybe I sensed his pain. Maybe I could sense when he would get to the point where he just wasn't fully present. And I couldn't feel the consistency of his love. And it was scary. There was a lot of scary experiences with that and with his drinking. My parents also fought. Sometimes they were kind of some big, scary fights and situations, and I'm sure these were ingrained in me as traumatic events from my childhood. They divorced when I was in the fourth grade, and I found out um, on the night that I witnessed a pretty traumatic thing. And remember, this is when I started to get sick a lot as a kid. These were just some of the things, and I do remember being like in fourth or fifth grade and maybe even a little bit older thinking I had no one to talk to. I started to like comprehend some of these things and was like, who do you talk to? Like, who do you go to when you're young? So I think I just kept it all inside, kind of. Everything just stored in my body and my nervous system, all bottled up, all emotions bottled up, going into my mind to protect myself. When I was a freshman in high school, my dad went to rehab, and I remember that being the first time I really understood that he had a problem with drinking. And of course, it was shortly after this that everything boiled over. The gut issues, the anxiety, the disordered eating, the habit of always going, doing, not slowing down the turning to drugs and alcohol. Remember how I would be in 
two productions at a time, taking classes at the college and working a part-time job. Yeah, it was a way to protect myself. It was the nervous system response I was used to that helped me feel safe. Keep busy, keep doing, you're gonna be okay. And it all makes sense. Yet, (laughs) this all went deeper. So after my 29th birthday, I sat in that ayahuasca ceremony in Peru and a big message I received was that it was time to go home and work on family stuff. And I thought that must mean, you know, come home, connect with my family, build better relationships. And in a way that's true, but I discovered that that had a whole different meaning. It was the indication that it was time to be home on the land that I was grown and not moving around the world as is my habit and protective mechanism and to begin working on the trauma I hold inside from my childhood and my family unit. And that's where I am now today, two and a half years later. So both sides of my family have levels of trauma, addiction, depression, anxiety, OCD, and I don't know if anyone has ever really looked at this stuff. I certainly haven't talked to them about it. You know, it's just not the norm in our Western society to do so. A lot of these things get swept under the rug. And I think that's happened a lot um, in both sides of my family. I know my mother experienced trauma in her childhood that I've heard about, um, although I'm not sure exactly what my dad went through i have some knowledge and the thing is whatever trauma and chronic stress patterns and unprocessed emotions that my parents held was passed down to me not only from my parents but those things passed down to my parents from my grandparents were also passed down to me it is intergenerational trauma so It is of my belief and my intuitive knowing that that feeling of being unsafe and needing to go into the mind to protect myself, the pattern of needing to do or obsessively think, and the chronic stress patterns, it's likely that some of that really isn't my own from childhood, but that it's been passed down to me. And I'm certain some of those traumas in my family lineages have been passed down to me. It started beyond my childhood, in my parents, in my grandparents, and whatever happened to my mother while I was in her womb, whatever stress that she went through, which I know she went through stress with my father, that was passed down to me too in the womb. I think about having digestive issues as an infant. It's really not a common thing, especially since I was born vaginally and breastfed and everything was done right. I also think about some of those obsessive tendencies at a young age and the high sensitivity and I can't help but wonder, was that something I was born with because it was passed down to me? I really believed it is linked to that and I really believe that it is a lot of what was programmed into my gut-brain axis at a young age and into my nervous system response and how my nervous system regulates. So now, understanding all of this, I can truly heal at a deep level, at the root, 
from the inside out. So where am I now? Well, all this time that I had been working deeply on myself during my 20s, I didn't seek therapy. I couldn't afford it or, you know, I was just traveling and moving around too much to see someone consistently. I've been in therapy now consistently for a year and I have been exploring a lot of different somatic um, tools and processes and things like EMDR and somatic experiencing to help process much of this trauma and develop more resilience to stressors and tools for self-regulation. So this type of therapy combined with the diet and level of nutrition I found that supports my body best from my years of learning about that combined with you know just following an intuitive pull to certain herbs and supplements I feel that I might need some extra support from at the time not a whole medicine cabinet of things I think I need and then that combined with all the tools I've gained over the years to help nourish and support my mind, body, and spirit has brought me into this place of deep healing. Nutrition is so important and lifestyle is so important, but focusing solely on these things always landed me in a plateau where I would see symptoms get better, but not fully, or other things turn up in their place. And that's why I believe nervous system regulation is the missing piece to chronic gut-brain imbalances and truly all chronic symptoms. Working on this point has moved the needle most in healing my gut-brain imbalances, and I have been learning tools to help me regulate my nervous system myself. Combining both the holistic nutrition and lifestyle support with The nervous system regulation is the formula for true healing and freedom. If my story resonates with you at all, please reach out and let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you're interested to learn more about how to do this, check out my website. Um, You can also DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Everything will be linked in the show notes. On my website, you can book a free 20-minute discovery call if you are curious of what it may be like to work with me one-on-one. There, you can also find a free guide I put together to get you started on this journey of moving beyond diet and supplementation to help heal your chronic gut-brain imbalances. Please subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date as I share more about my journey and the world of the mind-body connection, gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system. And please share with anyone you think may benefit from this information. Thank you so much for tuning in and see you next time.